Welcome to Philanthropy Today. Our goal is to inspire giving by educating listeners on ways to give and how to connect with charitable causes. My name is Dave Lewis. I'm your host of Philanthropy Today. Thank you for joining the show. We have a wonderful opportunity here with Philanthropy Today to talk with some of those who have served in the president's capacity of the board of directors over years past. And uh, we have someone who's been very involved in the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation, um, basically from the get-go with Sue Mays. Yes, we're, uh, we're delighted that you're with us here today, Sue. Uh, uh, you were our board president in 2006, 2007, and uh, lots of things happened in those early years of the Community Foundation. And uh, uh, so we're anxious to know your year and what you were involved with during that time frame. So, Well, I'll even go back um, a couple of years before that. I had uh, been the president of a nonprofit organization for 17 years, had searched high and low and high and low for foundations that would give to nonprofits. And if you weren't United Way, which we were, but it was a very small gift, most of the foundations maybe had companies here, but their gifts were in their, where their headquarters were. Right. So we had nothing that was substantial beyond a $5,000 or something. Um, so the minute I heard that there was conversation starting about starting a foundation here, mm. I called and I said, <laughs> I'm coming to the table. Um, so Mark invited me and it was, as you know, Jim Gordon and, um, and our, our lawyer at the time, Jim Morrison, and I hung around. They couldn't get rid of me because I was so, <laughs> so excited about the, uh, the value that this could be to the community. I had no idea, Vernon, you would grow it into what it is now, but at that point, just the idea that nonprofits could have a link uh, to the community's funds uh, was amazing. So I give myself some background. 1999 is what I first wrote down that I yep. started my conversations. Yep, you were on that original <laughs> board, those original conversations. And so uh, uh, thank you for taking that initiative because uh, there's several things that you've added <laughs> to the table since then too. So. Well, immediately, I uh, figured if I was going to help, my expertise was in grants. And so I developed the guidelines for grant giving mm -hmm. and developed a grant committee. And of course, that's the excitement ever since, is the ability to give away that this community foundation has. Um, so um, that was part of my role. But the more the role that I just tell everyone about that I don't believe ever would be reimagined again in this community was when the Kansas Health Foundation right. gave us a challenge. And I can't remember now, but let's say it was a quarter of a million. It was big for us. If in, I believe it was exactly one week, we had an office, a telephone, and an executive director. Now I had worked for the university all my life. And I knew affirmative action and <laughs> advertising and committee, it would be six months before. And I just shook my head. And then we said, we can do it. Well, the woman who was working with me on the grant committee uh, had worked in a previous lifetime up in either North or South Dakota in their grants office mm. at their university. And so I called her and I said, Annalie, you want to be the executive director? I mean. Of course, the other folks had said that's a good idea. And she said, well, okay. So we had an executive director. Right. 
the Commerce Bank had moved a lot of its operations to Kansas City. So they gave us or negotiated a basement Space. room. Mm -hmm. Telephone was on the easy side mm -hmm. and voila. <laughs> we had our first big dollars behind us. Um, well, and that, uh, mm -hmm. that first grant, I think it was $300,000. Okay. And so you were pretty close. And, uh, and uh, yes, Anna Lee was the first uh, paid director and that was part of the necessities of receiving right. the grant. And so uh, lots of decisions made those early days and, uh, and thank you for knowing Anna Lee <laughs> and getting things started, so. Well, it, it, you know, it was still though the work of the, the folks on the board who said, if we're really gonna start this, we have to get to the financial advisors in this community, we have to get to the lawyers, and other people that work with people who are asking, well, I don't have any siblings, I don't have any children, right. what do I do with my dollars? And of course, national ideas always come to the forefront, but how do we assure them that we can place these dollars right here in the community to do some good? So <clears throat> that was um, really the heart of bringing those folks together to educate them and give them the confidence that this was a substantial foundation uh, to be reckoned with and to be <laughs> invested in. Um, the other piece, and i just so proud that it's still going because I really had my worries. We, another idea, I steal. Um, I can't remember now who it was, but you kind of, you go to foundation meetings or you read national mm -hmm. literature and you hear about involving the young. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what a great idea. How do we ever think when we're 17 or 16 about ever giving? Maybe we've done it through our Boy Scouts because we sell the cookies, but we don't see the end result, obviously, often, of right. where that goes. What if we started? And so we called it Yik Impacting, or Yik, Youth Impacting Communities, mm -hmm. which is far exceeding <laughs> any expectations. Um, you know, the board reluctantly, a little nervously, gave them five or six thousand that mm -hmm. first year and they went to town out visiting uh, agencies figuring right. out where the best use of those dollars were so I take no credit today to how well it's going but it's it's amazing well Sue your your vision is going today and uh, those kids not only at the, in the fall they they look for grant requests uh, and they review them like you typically would do in the grant mm -hmm. business and uh, but in the spring, they also give grants away, and this time they make their own determinations without request based mm. on the impacts that they had as, in their lives as youth. So uh, uh, you was a, had a great inspiration at the beginning, and we continue it today, and uh, maybe we'll have to name it the Mays Grant Program. Well, so. no, I'm, I'm very happy with you. <laughs> well, I think that's true about all of us. I serve with the city on the Social Service Advisory Board, and many of the board members had no idea about the agencies in town. Mm -hmm. And we always made it purposeful that you had to go and before we ever granted, we had teams that would go out and visit. Right. And they would come back with their eyes open. And I think that's the same thing it's done for yes, the youth. Very much so. <laughs> you have become kind of like the professional volunteer. From your perspective of your experience within that nonprofit community, what did the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation create for them, to offer them, to, to come in and be a part of this organization and to, to, to grow through the GMCF? Well, when we first 
did our first few years of grant writing. We were nervous about funding the the executive directors, the clerical, the the we wanted them to think into a new area and a new direction that they've always wanted to do. So for the first few years you had to be a new idea. It just couldn't be we need money for the Red Cross mm. and it goes into the big agency. It had to be a new project and I think still probably 90% are still often uh, a new impact in the community. We also suggested working together. There can be so much duplication. Years ago there was something called a social service group that got together once a month and I swear every six months somebody would stand up and introduce themselves and say, why I'm the new director of the alcohol <laughs> blah 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 program and I go, don't you know that person over there and wouldn't it be better if you were working together yes. and I think that's the power that Vern has right now in being able to know all the riches of the community mm. and be able to say well they're working with youth here they're working with senior citizens right maybe there's a, <clears throat> a marriage together and that just makes it more powerful in the community when you think about your world in education and you refer to youth impacting community okay. did, did your career in education really kind of spur that activity <laughs> Well, directing nonprofits, and, and I directed uh, UFM Community Learning Center for 17 years, and I always made it a point to have a high schooler on my staff. I wanted to get the young people, because UFM's idea is that anyone can teach and anyone can learn, and that she had the, or he would have the whole wealth of the high school to bring in their ideas about teaching and learning. So I've always been a strong believer in um, passing it up, passing it down, getting others involved, if possible, in the ideas of a community. Now, Sue, you were also involved with, uh, I believe, a organization called the Fairy Godmothers when they got started. Well, again, you know, there's no one founder <laughs> of anything. Um, I had always thought about, um, gee, how do I get $10,000 myself to start a fund? And um, I was two kids in college, didn't quite feel like I was ready. Polly Steckline at that time was my financial advisor and she had talked about a client that had said that she wanted to give to something uh, maybe in the range of about 10,000 and we'd start talking about how we could get a group of women together and I did my research and found there was another group like us in Lawrence. Never want to give credit to Lawrence but you know sometimes <laughs> you do and I invited the two directors we rented the train depot, called together about 30, 40 women, uh, asked them to pledge 500, walked out with a fund that night. And now I, they can tell you more specifically, but they're close to 700 women now in this community, yeah. part of that. I mean, that's a story unto itself, and that's not why I'm here, but they just do so much to help people from dental to funerals to get their kid to camp to cancer rides. It's all over the place, mattresses and car repair are probably the top two winners. <clears throat> Out of that, again, um, I was not the direct conversation person. Uh, I think Lucy Williams and several others, Judy Regeer said, well, we're helping these women. We're helping them to a point. They got a mattress. They got their car repaired. Hopefully they keep their job. But how do you get them out of the poverty cycle? Mm -hmm. Is there a way that they're not back next year when they're eligible again for another small grant? So scholarships were looked at, but generally scholarships run 500 to 1,000. That wasn't going to get 
a low-income person probably launched. So we were, they were brave enough to start out with 3,000. We've given now, when I count up the other days, almost 60,000 and about 40 grants. So out of those, only two failed to continue. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you've got a good nurse out there or we even right. had our own welders. So that's, that hopefully is an empowering piece that takes them beyond the initial, we call it hands up, so that they right. will hand it up to the next. So, uh, Sue, you've been very humble in your, uh, in your description of your time, because in just the past few minutes, you've talked about getting youth involved in philanthropy. You've talked about starting an organization to help, uh, help women uh, get a step up in life and, uh, of course, the foundation itself. So she, uh, she was here during a very impactful time when a lot of things got started, and, uh, and I know a lot of it was because of you, Sue, and we're very grateful for that. So well, Thank you. Looking back at 25 years, I mean, you, you've seen just about anything and everything associated with the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation, you know, from the very beginning to where we are as we celebrate 25 years. What are some of the things that you think are significant in the foundation's growth? I still remember when we used to put up the, the chart, you know, like, could we make a million? You know, we'd have these little stacks and we'd gasp that, oh, that we could really do the next. So I have been, I've been impressed with not just the giving from the givers that I know in the community, but the people that have come forward. Mm. It started out at the very beginning. I mean, our first two were uh, two men who wanted to give to people to learn aviation. We go, oh my gosh, what do we do with aviation money? Uh, but we found a flying club in, in Junction that was bringing Manhattan youth over. We, right. you know, so we worked with that. We, then the other ones were two people outside the city limits. No one knew them, period. One to give to the Botech Center. And so it was, whoa, you know, the, the hidden dollars in the community of people not knowing what to do. And I think that's what surprised me because generally if you're running and looking for money, you might read if, if McCain or someone had the list of donors, you might Xerox that sheet and make notes by all those donors. But I don't know how many you could say now, but were people, and now with Grow Green, mm -hmm. I sat through that the other day when the checks were coming in, and with this diversity of funds, people mm -hmm. who would never have been at the table are now coming through, and maybe it wasn't any more than $25, but they were there. Right. And so that's really gelled this community. So 25 years in your engagement. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the people that <laughs> that you've encountered that have made some significant contributions, not necessarily financially, but, you know, we talk about time, talent and treasure. But there are obviously a lot of significant individuals that have had a, a tremendous hand in, in where we are today. Well, Mark and Alfredo. I mean, just the having the structure of the trust company there, you know, and Mark was very modest and very quiet about, you know, so there was no conflict of interest in how that was done. But having that base there was essential that you trusted, you didn't have to start all over with hiring, you know, accountants and this, I mean, yes, we had an accountant, but you knew the money was secure and, and, and safe. Um, to the two gyms, I mean, just a lawyer and a financial accountant. Again, a nice core to it. 
Mary Veneer um, was on probably also from 1999, never wanted to be president, but just realizing how the power of family giving and how willing she was to jump in when we first needed, I think it was 10,000 from various investors and just right there at the beginning and just so appreciative and she's definitely helped me with the Hands Up Grant. Um, so those were names at the very beginning that um, and then financial advisors came forward. And just, mm. But those were the core that uh, I so remember. And you have $300,000 that you start with. Yeah. And we're over $300 million now. <laughs> Did you envision that? No, no. <laughs> I was still at those ones, twos, maybe five, uh -huh. you know, 10, 10 would have been nice. Decimal point over to the left. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no vision like that. I mean, Vern has, it's been amazing that and your team and your advisors and, um, some of us can just sit back and like, oh, yeah, I helped start that. And then, <laughs> well, the, you guys carried the, uh, the heavy wood, as, as we say, in the, in the <laughs> early days. I mean, the rest of it has been a momentum factor, and uh, it continues to grow. And uh, certainly we're very grateful for that vision that you guys had back then. I was in town then, but it was, right. with another entity. And, uh, uh, but I, I do recall yeah, the conversation. Well, I remember, who's so. this Fern Hendricks? He wants money for youth to have some youth <laughs> center or something. And, uh, yeah, I had created a uh, youth leadership foundation. So uh, that's right. So, yep. no, that, And that's what's fun. You're discovering, I mean, from anywhere, from laundry to all the things that have just come out of the woods to help people when they know that they can go to the community foundation and get just enough resources to right. take it to the next step. Indeed. Speaking of the next step, what do you think for the next 25 oh years? Oh my gosh. I haven't filled out. I'm supposed to, I missed the, <laughs> I missed the meeting. So I haven't filled that out yet. I, I love the power that you've all given to the regional area that that's brought in stability for those small towns. And I think that's tremendous. So I, I, really applaud that. I would hope that just the average person courting more of those folks to think about giving dollars, helping those people understand that they can take their dollars and place it behind something that makes a difference for all of us is important. And those are the harder ones to get to. They're out there and they need to know and love and trust the Community Foundation. So 25 <laughs> years ago, Sue had a vision to make some things happen in this community that has uh, been very impactful. And 25 years later today, she's still got a vision <laughs> of making an impact in this community. And so uh, we're very grateful for that, Sue. You've, uh, you've meant a lot to this community. Well, I've, I've never seen a reason to move from Manhattan. It's uh, <laughs> helped, it's been a great community for my children, for me, my profession, my husband's profession. I say my dog, but I don't have a dog. So. <laughs> great place to be. Thanks for joining us. This has been delightful. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Philanthropy Today, an inside look at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. You can always learn more about the GMCF at our website, mcfks.org. We also invite you to subscribe to Philanthropy Today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dave Lewis. I'm proud to host Philanthropy Today. It's hosted and produced in the Ad Astra Cast Studios in downtown Manhattan, Kansas.